This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm back on the preview show. I'm trying to think, was it Oldham? I think so, yeah, we did. It was an FA Cup one was your debut, wasn't it? <laughs> In a galaxy far, far away with Paul Cook. The Paul Cook is town side. What if I'd have told you then? Ah, you see, the thing is, Seb, what you don't know is Paul Cook is going to be managing Chesterfield next time we do the preview show. What would you have said? Uh, yeah, can you imagine if you'd have had that premonition? But managing just feel badly as well for the looks of it. Oh, bless him. I, I don't, um, I know there's a lot of um, football fans, not just town fans, I'm very keen to admit football fans who, when somebody leaves their club, they just want them to fail because, you know, they're not at their club anymore and um, it would be the one that got away if they succeeded. But I don't know. I liked I liked yeah, him we, as a bloke, and I don't, don't want to see him. Do don't want to see him go up in flames in Chesterfield, for God's sake. Because where where'd you go after that? <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing probably Chester, one league down, the my neck of the woods. He goes down <laughs> to the the National League North, wherever it is. No, I was I was jesting. Yeah, he always seemed a good guy, didn't he? Great off the pitch. Uh, no no faults sort of personality wise. So we we should be wishing him well. Really, it's gonna be one of those. It'll be genuinely be one of those weird Paul Hurst footnotes where we all know and you mention it to a fan of another team and they go oh yeah I remember when Paul yeah that did happen didn't it incredible anyway um we are here for the pre-match show we're talking Ipswich v Morecambe um, in partnership with our good friends at the Greyhound pub in Ipswich um so just tell us a little bit about the Greyhound and the the, the pre-match ritual quickly Get yourselves down there as always. Obviously, we're away this weekend, but back home uh, in a couple of weeks' time, is it? Uh, I can't remember playing. A couple of weeks' time, we're back home. So get yourself down there pre-match. If you're not going to the game on Saturday, get yourselves down to the Greyhound. Sit outside in the booths, put the heater on. It's lovely and warm, and they've got a great selection of Adams on tap. So absolutely nowhere else you should go and get pitched this weekend. 
I, I love a plug that goes get yourself on the booze I'm, I'm i'm a big advocate of that as most people who uh watch me on the internet drinking way too much um will probably attest for um in other news that's less surprising than um, me having a glass of wine in my hand um every five seconds uh itfc women um two nil victory over the crawley wasps in a rearranged game um i think we mentioned this at the weekend didn't we because abby Lafayette, who's a Blue Monday um, sp- sponsory. Spon- is that a word? Yeah, I was wondering that. I think that sponsory. is a word. Sponsory. Yeah, it's one I'm of those doing... where I was, I was thinking about it as I was about to say it, and I'm like, a spot, a sponsee? I've got no idea. We'll, we'll have to ask her. We, um, look, if she keeps banging the goals in for the for the ladies side, then um, um, we can we can refer to her in any way possible. I'd imagine. Um, so it's the big game. Uh, in the FA Cup against Southampton. And look, I won't sugarcoat it. Um, Richard's the guy on there, ladies football. But he has smartened us up that Southampton are good and this is a big um, a big sort of grudge match. Grudge match, but, a, you know, a, a evenly contested um, thing in the FA Cup. Um, hoping for a four-figure record attendance at the Gold Star on Sunday. Get your tickets at uh, tickets.itfc.co.uk. It's a, it's a fiver. Seb would spend that at the Greyhound in what fifteen minutes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> easy does it. Um, Four pound for seniors under sixteens are free. Um, or the True Blue monthly subscription service starts from just five pounds per month and offers free entry as well as other goodies. And we should plug that Richard um, has put up on the channel interview with. There's three of them: Natasha Thomas. Um, who else is on there? Uh, Paige Peak is on yeah. there. It, no, there's, there's three. I can't remember who the other girl on the um, on the interview is, but check it out on the channel. We're um, trying to give this a give this a good push in terms of uh, you know as as the profile of the of the team grows, and it doesn't do any harm that they tend to win most weeks as well, which is um, which is always good stuff. Um, Seb. Uh, I took the night off on Tuesday. Um, so, what were your? Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you my overarching thoughts on a nil-nil draw with Cheltenham. After you can give me some more detailed stuff. But yes, I was um, w- walking the dogs and um, avoiding football for what it was worth. You always say, don't you? If you if you check the Blue Monday WhatsApp group and there's not many messages, you know we played well. <laughs> so I guess that's your barometer for an ITFC performance, as it stands. So it, it, it was 150 messages from Tuesday, then, yeah. <laughs> it, it was just frustrating, wasn't it? Like me and Mikey said on the post-match show afterwards, it was uh, very much a case of two points dropped. Played really, really well in that first half. Couldn't get the opening goal. Had a couple of decent chances through Burns and Chaplin, and I think Selena had one. And the more it went on, um, they started to come more and more back into the game. So. You know, it is two points dropped, but, you know, we didn't lose. It maintains the over the two points per game average. And if we follow it up tomorrow, not tomorrow, so recording on Thursday, if we follow it up on Saturday with a win and then go to Fleetwood the week after and win, then it's fine. It's, you know, it's okay, but it, it was an opportunity that we, we couldn't take, unfortunately. And I guess the, the news afterwards about Evans being out for a few weeks um, is a bit of an issue as well. You know, we weren't sure that the severity of the injury when we went on for the post-match show, but you know, McKenna's confirmed now, no operation, but he's out for a few weeks. So I guess we'll see one of either Carroll, Backinson or El Mazzuni get a bit of a run and, and hopefully they can do what he was doing because him and Morsey were a superb partnership for those few weeks, weren't they? Yeah, agree. It's one of those weird ones where I don't know what the, what the right side of the argument is, but I do understand people looking at it in the short term, in isolation, that one game, 
Cheltenham at home with those numbers attached to those game that you know as they were in terms of being the better side and having the most of the chances and concluding okay like you said two points dropped so that is completely a reasonable view on it and then there's the other flip view of like you said well okay things are things are going well clean sheet big pitch of the points total is good and then we're into context is king if you keep a clean sheet and win up at Morecambe, everything looks good, looks good again. So um, we, we're just going to keep coming back to, to this, aren't we? And this idea of giving yourself a lot to do at the start of the season, giving yourself no margin for error is always going to mean that when there is error, if it's if that's not um, too unfair on, on Cheltenham, who I think now one in 10 uh, defeats, having yeah. played Wigan and ourselves and Sunderland in there. So... I honestly, without complete fence-sitting, I can completely see the frustration on the one side and I can also see the people on the other, you know, beating the drum of, like you said, no, okay, this is this is viable. If this carries on or improves over a 14-month period, you know what will happen next season, don't you? But I'm, yeah. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the what the right response is. The future is going to tell us, isn't it? Yeah, like I say, we'll, we'll know, won't we, at 5pm on Saturday, if we do go there and win, then it's seven points from the week, and that's absolutely fine, you know, it's a very, very decent decent return, and I think it's going to be like this, we said it on the on the post-match show, it's going to change so many times in the remaining, whatever it is, 12, 13 games we've got left this season, you know, one time we're going to be two points off the playoffs, then we're going to sink a little bit away from it, and this is how it's going to be, I think. I think it's going to change pretty much every single week as we stand in the minute. And some weeks will be will be high, thinking, brilliant, we can really, really do this. And some weeks we'll drop down a few points and think to ourselves, we're not going to do it, we're going to run out of games. And all we can do is maintain the form that McKenna has got them showing, which, to be fair, is now coming up for, what, two months since he took over? So, you know, we're, we've got a decent sample pool to choose from now. If, if you can keep that momentum going for the remainder of the season, then, then we're going to be in for a really, really good shot. Well, and the obvious patterns, Seb, are that our form has trended upwards and sixth place, albeit very slightly, has trended downwards. And, I mean, you just uttered the immortal words, run out of time. Um, of course, that may well be the case. But we all know that if that if you take that, that trend and bisect the lines, then we go past uh, sixth place, whether we take Sheffield Wednesday or <laughs> somebody else with us or not, is is a different matter. But um, no, on Lee Evans, I, I think it's interesting, isn't it? And it it almost works in some ways in McKenna's favour. In that we've had all these conversations about right, who's who's a real Paul Cook loyalist, and this idea of Morsi and Evans and. I don't know. Obviously, it looks like he wanted to play Evans, but, you know, if it, it was Paul Cook's guy and McKenna now has the chance to, sounds bad, but do it with a McKenna guy, which is Backinson possibly, rather than Evans. I think we probably all admit that uh, Evans would be the better bet, but I'm, I'm trying to find a, a silver lining in an injury crowd cloud here, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, no, it's it's, it's perfectly feasible, isn't it? You know, you might look. I guess Carroll's probably his guy, given that the, right, yeah, their yeah, time yeah. together at Spurs and the time and started the other night. So Tom Carroll is a, a very very classy footballer. I don't think he's he's match fit uh, as we saw when he dropped off in the second half. But if he can get a bit of a run of games in Evans' absence, you know, his quality on the ball and his you know his ability, hopefully, to unlock defenses, could prove really useful in the running. Absolutely. Um, right, let's talk about um, Morecambe. Morecambe and Wise down in 21st position. And, um, I mean, looking at that bottom of the table, God, that's tight, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It's um, very, very tight. Yeah, they've got so they've got games in hand on two of the teams directly below them and crew look like they're gone. I don't know. I think they've lost seven on the trot or something. Um, crazy like that. But then above them, there's Wimbledon and uh, Fleetwood, Shrewsbury, who are all sort of within two games distance, albeit uh, Fleetwood have had some like weather cancel. I don't think they played for like 11 days or something uh, silly like that. But um, your mind sort of goes back to right early, early on in the season. Was it even... It was the first game. Yeah, it was the game the very one. first game, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the, the big start of the game changer and Paul Cook era. Of course it was. And um, I suppose we um, we were introduced to one Cole Stockton. Um, yeah. And look at that, a 91st-minute equaliser. From um, yeah. one, wasn't it? They went long. Hackley went long. Norwood flicked it on and, and Bond managed to, to tuck the ball home in the 91st minute to get us out of jail. Look at those starters, Seb. Hladke, Penny, <laughs> Enciala, Harper, Fraser, Piggott. Well... I don't like the term bomb squad, but I'll take your bomb squad and I'll raise you another bomb squad. <laughs> I mean, bomb God, even, even after that game, we probably signed, what, four, five more players before the end of the window. So, yeah, crazy to think of the uh, the options we had on that, that that starting day compared to where we are now. What day? But if you look at their four, if you look at the league table, the, the thing that's quite interesting is that uh, it's, it's very, very tight down there. But look at the goals scored compared to the rest of the teams around them. You know, that's what's going to get them hopefully out of, yeah. out of danger because they're, they're way ahead in terms of goal scoring compared to all those below them. Yeah, no, you're, you're very, very right there. But it's the, the brutality of four teams relegated, isn't it? Where, yeah, you, you might think in a, in a three-team, uh, a three-tier relegation um, sort of league, you might think, oh, they're, they're better than this. But, yeah. It's brutal with four teams relegated. Interesting, but there you go. Um, well, do you want to uh, dive in on um, on Morecambe then, uh, Seb? I'm sure, sure most people's reference point will be that August game, but lots of water under the bridge since then. There is, and as always with this show, I do the research on a Wednesday and I look through the latest team news and stuff and then I, I await the pre-match press I sent out today and I send over some snippets of what's gone on. And of course, I did all the research and then Morecambe changed their manager today. They brought in uh, Derek Adams. As he's returned back to the uh, the club that he left last summer after leaving Bradford. So I will do my best to, to say what we're expecting. Seb, wasn't, but it he, is... wasn't he linked with, with our job? Was he? I don't remember that. I remember. Yeah, he, I'm, I'm sure the name. I mean, maybe it was just some internet stuff or some press stuff. I remember the name getting mentioned in dispatches after Cook went. But that wouldn't have been that wouldn't be very inspiring, though, would it? Let's be honest. If we'd, have, I don't to, think so. Two manager, but but yeah, he's, he's back. He, he beat Newport last year with Morecambe in the playoffs and got them back up to League One. And then he left. He moved on in the summer. Went to Bradford. I guess the, the big project in Bradford. You know, it's a big big club in League Two. So. 
attracted by the project there, but it's it's not gone to plan at all there, has it? And he got himself sacked a couple of weeks ago. And Stephen, uh, I've his name now, Stephen Robinson uh, got pinched by St Mirren on Tuesday just before their game against Rotherham. And by all accounts, the, the chairman rung up uh, the uh, Derek Adams on that night and, and today it was announced. So, yeah, he's gone back there. So we'll we'll look at what we expect from them. But please bear in mind, it all might completely change now they've changed, <laughs> the, uh, they've changed the manager. Um, so, yeah, home form. They're currently 18th in the league with 21 points. So the majority of their points do come when they're at home. Last time out on Tuesday night, they lost 2-0 away to Rotherham. But that doesn't really tell the whole story, to be fair. They had 17 shots, 7 on target. They hit the woodwork. And the caretaker manager, Barry Roach, came out afterwards. And I think McKenna has said it today as well, has said they played well in that game. They could easily have scored, easily could have got a couple of goals. And it was by no means a sort of a, you know, you see 2-0 Rotherham and you think, right, well, they haven't got out, of, got out of first gear, really. But by all accounts, Morecambe played really, really well. He changed the formation. We'll come on to that. They, they were very much a 4-3-3 side for most of the season. But they went to a three at the back, presumably to match up what Rotherham did. And I kind of assume they might do the same against against us before they uh, before they brought in the new manager. Makes sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it would do. Uh, so, forty three goals scored so far this season. So, as I said, they score way more than the sides around them in the league. That's one point three goals per game. They tend to create one point one big chances per game. And interestingly, I saw they've hit the woodwork seven times this season. So, you could say you know they're, they're scoring relatively freely for where they are in the league, and they've been a bit unlucky as well. Uh, possession isn't amazing, 44.9%. That's the 19th in the league. They've got a 66% passing accuracy, so they're not bothered about holding on to the ball. They'll let other teams, especially us, I, I presume we're now second after MK Dons for possession. They'll let us keep the ball and pass it around. They like to attack from the centre of the pitch. They like to shoot from range. They've scored seven goals from 164 efforts outside of the area. They like taking a lot of shots in matches, 12.3 per game. As I just said, it was uh, it was 17 the other night against Rotherham. So they do like to get their shots off. And by comparison, we're 11.5 per game. So they're actually a side that will, will shoot more often than, uh, than, than we do. Tend to be a bit of a long ball side previously. Again, that might change under under when Derek Adams comes back in. Um, they averaged 84 long balls per game at home, which is about 23% of their passing type. And it's worth noting as well, they are very good from set pieces. 12 of their goals this season have come from set pieces, from corners and from free kicks and stuff. So given the size of their of their centre-backs, they are, they are pretty good at, at set pieces. Sounds interesting. Sounds... Uh, I... I... I very much buy your theory about if you've switched manager and you've only got two days and you play three at the back against another team that play three at the back and you you you're coming up against um coming up against us. I suspect yeah, you you may be maybe onto something with with that um with that theory. Do you think um when you're when you're describing a team that is able to leverage low possession and maybe be a little bit direct do you still have that shudder up your spine of you know drawing to Cambridge and losing to Accrington and you know the failures against and look again before anyone gets outraged by this teams that do this well are good teams don't worry we're not we're not looking down at any you either win games or you or you don't in in football and um, that's how it's judged but do you still shudder a little bit or do you think now given this greatly improved defensive record and you know, Walton being there permanently. Um, is, is that less of an issue for you now? Exactly that, yeah. Since McKenna's come in, you know, uh, what we should consider four goals, is it, in his time in charge? 
if we get past the the 14th minute on Saturday, it's a new club record for for not conceding a goal. So, I, I, you know, certainly back in the day under under Cook and very much under Lambert, whenever we used to come up against a you know a, a, an old fashioned kind of side, we tend to go to pieces. There was some. I think me and Rich were discussing it once how northern cold away games we were relatively awful at them mm. but under McKenna everything's different isn't it you know we're so settled at the back with the back five we'll come on to our team in a bit with what we think we'll do in terms of a lineup but that back three are playing so so well they've, they've pretty much started all the games I think since McKenna came in so I'd, I'd, I'm fairly confident under him that those kind of worries are starting to subside. Um, do you want to go with their lineup or do you want to have a little look at Stockton because uh, I suspect he'll, he'll be the name that people want to hear about most. Yeah, I'll mention a few of the, the, the players that sort of stand out. I won't go into forensic level detail position by position because it might well all kind of change and move on. You know, one thing that's interesting to note is they've had four goalkeepers so far this season and sort of, you know, any any side that has four goalkeepers that's in a year. That's trouble. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of, of, of Roy Keane. I guess more to come under him later. But if you have four keepers in a year, you're going to you're gonna struggle. They've got two new keepers have joined in the January window and the two keepers who started the season have both moved on. So that struck me as being a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a strange one. They're quite a big side at the back. They've got Anthony O'Connor, who's the club captain, is six foot two. Reese Bennett joined from Gillingham after having his contract there cancelled in the window. He's six foot two as well. And they've taken a lad called Jacob Badu on loan from Burnley, who apparently is doing pretty well in the left-handed centre centre back position. So they are a big side. I don't think it's going to be a day for sort of Caden Jackson up front on his own with his back to goal. You know, I think he's going to need a bit of a bit of help with a bit of physical presence uh, up there alongside him. Uh, in, what does that look like to you, or do you want to cover that later? We'll come on to Ipswich at the end after the easy one after we've done all this lineup. Um, former Mick McCarthy Loney in 2017, was it? I think 16, one of those. Uh, Tiamo, I can't, I can never pronounce these words. Tumani the Di- Diagaraga. Diagaraga is there, yeah. uh, formerly of this parish. I think it was January 2017 he joined us. He's pretty much an ever present this year 30 appearances, two goals so far, one assist. Obviously, we know from our his time here. He kind of likes to sit deep and protect that defence and, you know, give others in front of him the platform to go and do well. And there's a couple of other Ipswich links as well. There's Shane McLaughlin, who was formerly here under Mick, I think it was. I think he made one appearance or came off the bench once. Might have been Middlesbrough on the last day of the season. I can't remember. But he uh, went to AFC Wimbledon for a couple of years. He's now there. Played 26 games so far this season with one goal and one assist. And Dylan Connolly joined as well, another former one of our perennial loanies under Mick who would come in from Ireland as being the next best thing and spend six months or so in the under 23 squad and then move on. He's there as well as a, as a bench option. But, but like you said earlier, the main guy, the, 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 I'm, I'm a bit surprised they kept him in the window is, is very much Carl Stockton, you know, two goals against us on the only day of the season, 31 appearances with 18 goals so far in the league, three assists. And uh, we should know all about him from the opening the opening game. Do you remember that goal when Selena won goal of the month for the crew game? It must've been November. Do you remember yeah, this goal from like the halfway line? But there was a really weird Twitter beef, wasn't there, uh, between Ipswich fans and I? I, I think the um, oh, that's it. The I, the, the Morecambe admin was trying to get Norwich fans to vote <laughs> okay. for. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a brilliant goal by Carl Stockton, wasn't it? And in terms of, I, I always do fall a little bit on the side of of narrative that if you get two equal goals, the the one scored by the biggest star in the bigger game always edges it for me. And that was a last minute winner from the from the halfway line. Obviously, Salinas was incredibly classy to beat bottom of the table crew 1-0. Um, but it was a great goal by by Stockton. And I, I just checked, it's only Ross Stewart 
uh, of Sunderland who scored more goals than than he. Uh, perhaps we could have done with him uh, with him <laughs> leaving, but you never know what damage he might do to uh, other rivals. And I, I I suppose, and I know we're predisposed to do this after recent years. Said we see a informed striker, and we're all thinking the same thing. If there's a trip wire to trip over, Ipswich Town will trip over it. But hopefully, and we talked about this psychology and mentality around the around the club. Hopefully, things like that start to change, and we could be saying, "No, we keep a hell of a lot of clean clean sheets, and the defence is solid." And Alfie May had scored four goals on the Saturday and didn't score didn't score any against us. And may, maybe it can be the same with with Cole Stockton. I don't know. No, very much so. It's a, it's a fair shout. When he scored twice against us, I'm sure one was from a Wolfenden mistake, wasn't it? A Wolfenden back pass on the opening day. So we kind of gifted them one. And you just feel confident, don't you? With Wolfenden purring like he is at the minute, Danassian so consistent on, the, on one side, Edmondson's coming back into form on the other side. You kind of feel with that with that back three, we shouldn't really be looking to fear anybody at the moment. I mean, he's he's absolutely crucial to their chances of staying up. You know, he's he, he, I think the next player in their side has got five goals or something. So he's absolutely crucial for what they do. You know, he's a focal point of the attack. He um, in, the, in the 4-3-3 they were playing previously, he was very much the focal point. He would like to hold the ball up and get it out wide. And obviously, we know how good a, a finisher he is. And now he's had a partner for the for the game against Rotherham. So we, we're not sure what they will do versus us, but he's very much a man that has to be has to be watched all, all for the whole 90 minutes, isn't he? Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, no, I kind of say good luck good luck to him as well. It's nice to see a player come up from League Two. And let's be fair, if he stays fit, it's going to be between 20 and 25 goals for the season. And um, hey, he could be the next Joe Piggott and get, get a move somewhere and kick on. Next season, <laughs> can't he? We'll, we'll sign him. He'll sit on our bench. Yeah, <laughs> stop it, stop it, dearie. Um, so, uh, how, how do you think we play it then? Um, Seb, 
Well, I guess it'll be the, the front three, won't it? That's the, the thing that seems to change every single week. The back three we know will stay the same. I wouldn't be surprised if Vincent Young started for Thompson. Thompson, by all accounts, was blowing when he got subbed in the 60th or 65th minute. I guess he, he hadn't played much at Brentford. I think he's been playing pretty much every minute, every game since he came here. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got a rest and Kane Vincent Young comes in that that left wing back role. I guess central midfield. Will he go with Carroll again? Will he go with Backinson? I like El Mazzuni personally. I really really like El Mazzuni. I wouldn't mind him alongside Morsey. And then it's the front three. Like I said, given the size of their defenders, I think it is going to be a game for a more physical option. Be that either Pigger or Norwood or, or Bond, they could all play that role, which I guess would hopefully free up Jackson slightly to pull out wide like he was against Burton, run the channels and really, really look to use his pace to get in behind. But that front three could could be any combination. We've got about six, seven players that could fit in, and we never really know, do we, until the team's launched because you know it, it, it changes from, from game to game. I think I'd like to see Jackson definitely start for his, his pace getting in behind one of Pigger, Norwood, or uh, or uh, um, Macaulay Bond in the central focal point kind of role to create space and, and, and occupy the defenders. And then I really like Sonny Aluko. So for me, I'd really like Aluko to be one of the other ones, maybe out on one of the one of the flanks. I think he's a classy player. He's got a great eye for a pass. He can unlock a defence and his touch and his awareness and his experience on a on a, a an away day where you might want that bit of calmness on the ball could be crucial. Yeah, interested. I'm I'm trying to sort of process the physicality argument and it's kind of two ways to look at it, isn't there? There's, you know, do you see it as a, a weakness that you want to exploit? In which case, you know, can you put tricky players around a potentially lumbering back three? Or, you know, do you see it as something that you want to go up against and fight fire with fire? I was just thinking as you were saying it, um, you always think about defensive set plays and does does Backinson's size um, get him in over the likes of because um, I, I know he's he's not Tumani Diagaraga, who's an absolute unit in midfield, but he's tall and he'll have a presence presence there. Or do you say no? It's it's about us controlling the game and doing doing the right thing with the ball. And uh, if we do that, we won't have to defend so many set plays. Um, as you were talking, I was sort of so I, I think I'm on the same page as you that. It's important probably for McKenna to play Jackson to show his entire squad, you know, what's look, if you if you if you work and you get into this team, you you get a chance and you, you keep the chance. So um I'd like to see that. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking Bon. And then you're almost like, well, a num a number ten, and I think we're into taste here. You you say Luco, I say Chaplin. We <laughs> say Chaplin to everything, but I, I do admit, in terms of form and influence in a game, it's a Luco. But if you get one chance, first time inside the box, you probably want you want probably, that to be Chaplin, don't you? Probably want Chaplin for that, you know, that quick sort of left-footed shot or or something like that. What? what Chaplin's great as well because he's always so positive, isn't he? You know he's always going to look to be getting a shot off and stuff. So he naturally helps the you know the the rest of the team kind of raise raise their game to that more sort of attacking level. I guess Aluko does kind of slow the play down sometimes with his with his touch and a look for options. So it'll all depend on what he what he wants to do if he's going to fight sort of fire with fire. I just think it might be a day where you want somebody to unlock that defense with a you know a classy through ball for somebody like the pace of of Jackson to get onto where the, and the defenders can't keep up with him. And do you know the funniest thing? I was at Fulham Peterborough last night and Peterborough, 
proper low block, four holding midfielder, another four. Fabio Carvalho played well for about six minutes in the entire game, but that was all it It just needed that one moment where he went round a man, little turn, slide through, and they scored from it. And yeah. that that's the thing with, you know, if we're assuming it might be a, a, a sort of low block and try and get Stockton into the game and, and whatnot then. Yeah, um, it, it's kind of a nice conversation, though, to, to be having, as we've said many times this season, all, all of those different options in there, though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe Norwood comes back onto the bench. Obviously, he missed out in, in midweek, but I guess if you want that, if, if the game's not going your way and you've got 20 minutes left, I guess Norwood's the most likely game-changer. Because when, when the subs were made against Cheltenham, I felt that they didn't really do much. We kind of we kind of got a bit worse when they came. I don't know if they disrupted the flow or anything, but they weren't they weren't subs that really changed the game or anything. So I guess if you're you know away from home, struggling a little bit, then Norwood might be that one you want to throw on just to generate some chaos on the pitch and hopefully create something and uh, uh, and cause something to happen. Yeah, it's all very well controlling games in a you know to, to use your chaos order type thing, but. Um, if if the antidote to uh, chaos is order, the o- antidote to order is chaos. Then, isn't it? Yeah, and I like we saw in the opening days. Sometimes going potentially a bit more direct against these kind of clubs can can prove to be the the result, can't they? We did it on the opening day. Norwood flicks on, Bond stabs home, and you know that's how we got ourselves out of prison. The first goal was quite classy in the opening day, wasn't it? It was Chaplin to Fraser, kind of bent his shot across the keeper. So we had that aspect of it as well. But but it's always good to have options on the bench to to mix it up if you have to. Hundred percent. So, prediction-wise, do, do you think it's another clean sheet in this one? Then um, I don't because they do score goals. They're, they are a goal-scoring side. You're averaging one point three per game. So I think we will win. I seem to be saying that every single week at the moment <laughs> since McKenna came in. But I think they'll win. But I think it'll be quite tight. Hopefully, we'll get past the 14th minute and set the new club record. But I can see it being like a two-one or maybe even a three-two. A bit of a, a bit of a rip roarer. Um, but I think they will score. But I think we'll have too much for them. So you think it's going to take two goals to to win this game? So yeah. I'd I'd better sit on the clean sheet then. So I'll I'll hope for um, a, a one niler rather than a rather than a nil nil. And it'd just be nice for this to become a thing. Do you remember the season when Stuart Houston was um, was coach and Richard Wright was incredible? And it just became a thing, didn't it? That yeah. was barely conceded. It became um, the norm, goals. didn't it? It was just the norm. When we conceded the goal, it became a bit of a shock. So if we can get that same mentality and that same mindset, we'll be uh, yeah, we'll be laughing. 100%. Right. I have a list of plugs here. You've already plugged the um, Greyhound. Um, you can check out the, um, so the live reaction stream you can watch after the fact, uh, which we would advise sometimes because the thing we love about the live reaction stream is the raw emotion of it all and people just flying at it at 100 miles an hour there's there's a nice energy to that but it's always good to you know maybe a maybe a day removed to uh, take a look at it i think we've already spoken about the um interview on the channel so there's literally stuff coming out every day here and um it's going to be rich seb and craig although obviously um as is written in very small um font on all concert posters um Lineup subject, subject to change at the last minute, and we are we are not culpable. Now, um, the room one hundred and one has changed to sliding doors, Seb. So you're going to have to walk me through this and take the lead here. 
It has. Did you have one stab at Room 101 or was it two? I can't remember. I, I can't remember how I many, remember, many goes you had at it. Yeah, well, I think I played it, but um, I don't think you were very gracious um, host. Oh, that's I, right. Yeah, I, I, I went for the used, absolute slam dunk of poor EFL coverage, didn't I? <laughs> very underhand tactics to um, <laughs> to beat me. I, I thought, um, being as I don't normally host this show, that you would... You know, you you would show show a bit of um a bit of dignity and just let me win, uh, basically. Which um, no, it's not. It doesn't look like it's going to happen today either. Yeah. Well, it, it, if I do win today, I'm guessing it will be the last time this feature is is issued because Rich <laughs> is definitely going to get rid of it. I think next week I'll be sat in silence for five minutes while he creates a Twitter <laughs> poll of his favourite colour and then guarantees himself a <laughs> a, a win because he was quite shocked the other night. I think it was during the live show when he joined. And he asked, I, I pointed out he was losing. And he was like, was I? And he gave a little passionate speech about how he takes it personally. But I think we, I think I still managed to get across the line. So I don't know what he's done to the table. I'm sure you're about to put oh, it up. Oh, we'll I've look, got it. But... Yeah, I've, I've got it. Here, there you go. So, oh, I have got top of the league. Okay, he had this weird rule last week where because his percentage was bigger than mine once, even though he'd won one out of four and won one out of two, he'd, he'd, he'd made up some maths to put himself top still. So, okay, fair enough. Yeah, last week I won with uh, David Unsworth not being available for the playoffs in 2004-2005. We had Rich, who had the uh, the back-to-back defeats at home against Watford and QPR in the same week. About this time, I think it was February-March time. And Gav had the drop points, the one-all draw against Reading, where we go one nil up with like a minute to go, and somehow managed to to drop points was, there. So I was there. Yes. We, okay, yeah. yeah. So they they all came from the same season that year. So we're going to mix the managers up again this year. We've done two for Burley, two for Royal, one for Mick. So this year we're going to go to the the Dark Lord himself, Roy King. Uh, so um, I'd, I'd recommend Seb. Um, I was I was sort of um, well. I wasn't even walking the dog. I was walking the baby up, up to. I was sent to buy some eggs and walk the baby up to up to the co-op earlier. And I was listening to the overlap, which is oh the live uh, show. The, yeah, yeah. Well, Keane's got a like incredible sense of humour. Yeah. It's hilarious. He is, uh, and, and the stuff with Mika Richie on Sky Sports is brilliant. <laughs> he, he must be a proper Jekyll and Hyde character because. You know, you hear stories about karate chopping tactics boards and stuff <laughs> and that side of it. I guess maybe, to be fair, we're going back a decade, aren't we? It's perfectly possible he's he's chilled out a little bit in the last 10 years or so. But on Sky Sports, he's absolutely brilliant value for money. When you get him and Mika Richards in the same room and all yeah. Mika Richards wants to do is wind him up for half an hour, it's it's, it's brilliant TV. But, yeah, I started watching the overlap and I, I was impressed. He, he comes across really well these days, I think. Yeah, and, I mean, there was, there, there was always an aura about him but it was it was never based on his sort of personality in terms of uh, i don't know charisma or likability it was always this this guy is going to kill you oh and by the way he's a <laughs> he's a better footballer than all of you as as well and you know the the sort of ruthless combination but no just i don't know whether he's mellowed or he you know you don't you don't just create a sense of humor in your late i don't know what is he in his 50s um Kino, but uh, yeah, he must must have always had it. Anyway, uh, the, the the Dark Lord, go ahead. So I'm going to go for. It's actually just before. I'm, I'm kind of blaming his his. Well, not blaming it, but I, I'm going to go for the fact that at the back end of the 2008-9 season, we had Giovanni De Santos on loan, the greatest loan we've ever had, the greatest player <laughs> who wins all the polls. We see annual thing about yeah about who was who was our greatest ever loan player. So I think the fact we had De Santos on loan, he made eight appearances and scored four goals. Two of those games were under Keane. I think he made us look a lot, lot better than we potentially were at the time. 
And I think he may have lulled Roy Keane into a sense of this isn't that difficult. All I need to do is change a couple of things here. And this is going to be very, very straightforward. There was an interview when I remember they went to Portugal when he took over. Evans must have funded a, a hot summer trip thing. And there was an interview with the BBC. I tried to find it yesterday, but the video has gone. But I remember him specifically saying, there's not much I need to do here. There's not much tweak needed. This is a good side. Uh, they need a couple of additions and a bit of a bit of coaching in key areas. But this isn't going to be that much of a difficult job. And I think that's kind of because we had Dos Santos at that back end of the season where the game plan was, give it to Gio. He'll beat three men, either put it on a plate for a striker or score himself. And, you know, he scored in Keane's first home game, the Coventry game, the, back, the very final game of the 8-0-8-0-9 season, two weeks after Magilton leaves. He scores in that game. And then we go into the summer. And like I say, Roy Keane does all the speeches when he takes over and says, I think I want to do it in one season, etc. I've only asked for a two-year contract to push myself. Any? Did he say any 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 manager worth his salt can finish mid-table in the championship? I'm sure he said that as well. So he goes out and he brings in Lee Martin. So much bravado. I so. know, but but to be fair, you know he's coming off the Sunderland job, isn't he? So he's I, I was laughing it up at the time as well. We all were. I was thinking this is brilliant. <laughs> we're going to absolutely walk this league. So he brings in that summer. He brings in Lee Martin, Thomas Priskin, Delaney joins from. QPR and Colin Healy comes in from the, the League of Ireland. So he signs those four players and that's what we kind of go with for the opening start of the season. And I think at that point, it probably starts to dawn on him when I guess he's, you know, he, there are other issues as well in terms of man management and playing people out of position. But I think that's probably when it starts to twig and he starts to think, hang on a minute, we're not the side we were three months ago. And part of the big reason for that is because we haven't got this amazing ex-Barcelona player on the on the right-hand side. And we all know that as the window dragged on, we had to make more signings. We brought in, you know, Edwards and Ledbetter from Sunderland, Rosinia joins. And then we can't score goals all year, so we go and get Stern John and Daryl Murphy joins for the first time in, in the January and David Healy joins. And for me, I think it comes back to Dos Santos. I think if Dos Santos isn't there, the Kings first two games of the, the back end of that season. I think he goes into the summer in a very different mindset. He thinks it's a much bigger job than it is. He thinks it's a proper, proper rebuilding job, which I think it was at the time. And I think potentially things work out very, very differently. It's fascinating that when you get a manager being really hooked into one really, really good player, because like people criticise it, don't they? That you know, And Pep Guardiola was always quite quite chippy about it and I think he's obviously proved 10 times over that it wasn't just Messi that um that that, that meant that, that he won because he's done it without Messi now for so many different people but you, you kind of think um you know the um uh, the the NFL dude who had Tom Brady for years as well you, you you wonder whether it's um whether it's a actually good management that you can stick this star player in like Warnock to Rabs um, style or Henri and Wenger or whatever latterly, or or is it too reliant? So it's an interesting, an interesting theory. Um, mine comes far, far later down the line, and we're into Roy Keane's last season. And this is basically all David Diamond's fault, really, because he put bad vibes into into the universe here. So I'm going back to. God, I can't believe this is this is that long ago. Because <laughs> David's son had just gone to university in... God, I can't think where he was. Somewhere near Reading, because that's where the game is. Where did he go? High Wycombe, possibly. Um, so Dave says to me, do you want to go and see my son? And we'll go to this, this Reading game. Of course, great, fine, I don't have to drive. Dave will do some jiggery-pokery, so... Um, 
stuff gets paid for, which is always, <laughs> always, always good fun, isn't it? You know, that can go on expenses, can't it, that meal? Um, yeah, so we, we head down there, and I'm just having a look at the results. Um, going into the game, it was just a fourth in, in the table in uh, Keane's last season. One, two, three, four, five wins. One, two, three, uh, three draws and a and a defeat. Sorry, there's a, I've, I've I've conflated it. I've added a Carling Cup win in there. So like four wins, three draws, and it's a really good good start to the season. You've just been sort of talking about two points per per game stuff. Off we go to um, Reading, and uh, David Diamond's going to get a speeding ticket um, on the journey as well. And um, you all think Dave's a very nice guy, but when he get when when he gets angry and when he gets cross, you know, that don't let one of those speed cameras pop off on one of his car. And we got diverted and had to go for a fifty, and he got he got flushed. Anyway, do you remember this game, Seb? I was sat behind the goal at the Medejski or the Select Car Leasing Stadium, as it's called now. <laughs> um, Luke Hyam got sent off, yeah. and it was one of those where he was on a yellow card, and the whole world and his mum was sat there going. Luke Hyam will get sent off now if Roy Keane does not substitute him. Okay. And the ref was really eager to... Um, he then sends Matt Mills off as well. And Jason Scotland goes through 1v1, um, misses a chance. And then Simon Church, remember him? Yeah. Scores in the 88th minute. So if you ever want a slide indoors game, sub Hyam off, for God's sake, you probably win. Scotland, take that chance, you probably win. 88th minute goal, speeding ticket. And from then on, I'm looking, he barely wins again. There's that little, um, there's three game winning streak um, there. But then you get, you know, the horrible run and he basically loses it going to January. So my argument would be, I'm trying to find a way of sensibly blaming it all on David Diamond. So my <laughs> argument would be that Dave told Jordan to go to the wrong university and he ends up at High Wick and we end up going to the game, speed camera. That's There's bad energy in the air. Roy Keane makes bad decisions, should substitute Luke Hyam. Um, Jason's got them to score, but it's David's fault. And that is my sliding doors moment. So we'll get Rich to amend the Twitter poll. We'll just say, who do you blame for Roy Keane's failure? Giovanni Dos Santos or David Diamond? With absolutely no further context. And we'll see what the results come back at. <laughs> uh, quite possibly. So uh, we, we're we going to pop this up on a poll. Uh, I am, look, I, okay, I've, I've done a semi-jokey answer. But if you look at the table and the way that game was lost and the type of, perhaps momentum type manager, the same things we've accused of Paul Lambert that, that Roy Keane was, where if the going's good, amazing away you go. But when it just drops off, you are you are screwed because there might not be much under the hood. Um, well, certainly proved not to be much under the hood after that. So, uh, yes, we'll get that out on a poll. Um, I mean, just quickly, all, all I would say, just some extra information, is that Seb's on this show very regularly, wins quite regularly as well i'm i'm a guest here um on this show i didn't win last time i didn't get many votes last time either um which i do think is a bit disrespectful um given i founded the podcast seven years ago so i'm I'm not really sure what people are doing on these polls not voting for me but 
That's, um, that's a good point. Rich can end the feature, but Ben can end any of us being on the podcast at any time. <laughs> so the true power here does lie with Ben. So yeah, I don't. I really and don't everyone know. vote for. It. I'll take the loss this week. Everyone vote for him so I can come back next week. I, I I suspect the chances of me being overthrown if I do that are are very very high. Um, let's just say so. Um, yeah, I won't I won't try that one. But come on, you know I I, I think I'm I think give I'm him working. a second series. <laughs> you, you, oh, I was going to swear then, but we, we don't want to get demonetized, do we? Um, Seb, absolute pleasure as ever. Um, and again, context is king. A, a, a win against Morecambe and the world looks rosy again, right? Absolutely. And if we can follow up the following weekend at Fleetwood, it's great for me. I get to these two back-to-back games that are relatively close to me. So if we can follow up against Fleetwood as well, um, then, you know, fingers crossed, we can put together a nice little little run again going into those crucial Oxford away in Plymouth for home games, which is when we're really going to know, aren't we, how it's all going to pan out. Are they the, they must be the third and fourth weekends of, of March, aren't they? So that's, that's when we're going to know how it's all going to fall, isn't it? I- I'd rather not think about those games yet. <laughs> but the stupid thing is, being a football fan, um, we'll almost be more nervous if we have one going into them because yeah. there'll be so much riding on them, won't there? But there we go. Um, so, look, Seb, we're going to see you on the um, the flagship show. Yeah, all three of us are there. Us, me, me, Rich, and, and Craig are all going to Morecambe. So, yeah, we'll be, we'll be well covered in that respect and we'll see you there. That's a uh, not that it's not a good effort from you. That's a good effort from the town fans and um, from Craig's a little bit further south down in um, down in Essex. Oh, Craig, well. Craig's record's phenomenal at the moment, isn't he? He's, he must have he must have an easy supply of fuel or something because the, the and Mars the most putting is understanding phenomenal. wife in the history of, yeah. <laughs> history of mankind. Yeah, he probably blames you. He says he has to do it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's tremendous um can you give me one more shout out for the for the greyhound before we go then Seb? yeah if you're not going to morecambe get yourself to the greyhound check out the range of adams and certainly get yourselves there before the next home game which must be uh lincoln in midweek or plim or uh, portsmouth on the saturday either way it's the number one venue for uh, for any pre-match destination that it is thank you everybody for listening enjoy the game if you're traveling Um, because we know people do listen in the car or on the train or whatever and you've listened please do send us a tweet and um you know tell us that you've tell us that you've listened um you may think it makes no difference but we do love hearing especially the preview show that you know it's literally designed for your accompaniment for your journey to the game so do get involved um and you can follow on twitter at blue mando hfc we've got the instagram and all of the um all of the Blue Monday stuff. If I click this button, I've got a banner that tells everybody. Uh, BlueMondayITFC.co.uk. Everything is housed over there. Thank you, everybody, for watching, for listening. This has been a preview show for Morecambe. Um, fingers crossed. Clean sheet. Victory. Yes, please. Bish, bash, bosh. See you very soon. Say goodbye, Seb. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, 
tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference after all they are your mates for a reason let's all take a moment to talk more than football it's the promotion running everyone is gathered round to watch the mcnuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction your mates already been booked for double dipping but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in a participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.